Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest, John Locke from Lockdown Design. He's a SEO specialist and specifically for manufacturers. Uh, how you doing, John? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on the show. John and I are often on a, a panel discussion on Fridays on the WP Tonic Show, but I knew I wanted to get him over here to you, the course building community, the membership site builders, the coaches, the community builders, because SEO is important. It's an important factor of success. Why is SEO important to these digital content and community creators? Well, it's definitely important to anyone, but for the course creators, you're going to want to get traction. You you don't want to be paying, um, you know, every for every single click that you get to your site. You don't want to be like running Facebook ads forever, or Google AdWords, because your profit's going to diminish. There's a uh, there's a trend of just people. I see it all the time where people are advising startup entrepreneurs just just buy Facebook ads. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's good as a supplement. <laughs> right, but SEO, I, I agree with you. SEO is, it's the bread and butter, right? Oh, yeah. So go ahead. Why, why else is it important? Well, I mean, basically, SEO, the, the thing with any type of ad, whether it's YouTube ads, Facebook ads, AdWords, you're basically renting traffic. Uh, if you want to have long-lasting traffic that's going to last and last for years, you're going to want to get SEO built up to where traffic is coming to your pages organically. If you want to toss some ads on top of that, great. You know, throw some gas on the fire. But if you don't have SEO like in place, then you're always, you're never going to like grow to the, the potential that you could. So we're at a cocktail party, John, and uh, I, you just met me in under two minutes. Can you explain what SEO is or search engine optimization? Yeah, really simple. What SEO is, is say if somebody types something into Google, the, the results that come up that aren't paid ads that's what you you want to be in that spot. You want to be as high as possible. Uh, when people do a search on Google or Bing, whatever comes up the top, that's usually what gets clicked. And you want to be there. How do you do that? It's a science. A lot of people think it's magic, black magic, the arcane arts. It's, it's more science than anything else. That's awesome. And we're going to get into that science here. Um, but one of the things I've noticed in the industry, just as a, uh, a web designer, an online business owner myself, a guy who makes products, um, a blogger, there's all this uh, distrust of the SEO service professional or service provider or SEO tools that you know, are going to make money fly out of the computer screen. <laughs> uh, what happened? Why is this industry of SEO... Um, it's kind of corrupted. It seems it's hard for people to know what to trust. Well, even people that, that purchase SEO don't understand it. And I'll even go as far as to say, there's a lot of people that work in the web industry that don't understand how SEO works. There's a lot of like design people that I know personally, they have no clue how it works at all. 
They just, and they've even told me like they think it's snake oil. I mean, they think because there is a lot of snake oil. There well, is you, a know lot. Who, you know who doesn't think it's snake oil is the business owner. Even though there's all this, there's a lot of landmines out there. Mm-hmm. A lot of businesses say, yes, I want SEO. Yeah. But that, why is that? They want leads, I guess. I they mean, want the phone to ring. I mean, yeah. honestly, that's, uh, the, it, it, I'll tell you a story. It's funny. Somebody like contacted me the other day. It was just, uh, came through something on my site. And I got on the phone with him and, and they were saying, I'm paying this guy. I've been paying this guy for nine months. I haven't seen um, anything, any of the rankings move. My phone's not ringing. I'm paying him too much uh, for what it is. And, you know, I just did some checking like really quick. And I don't know what this other person did beyond the, maybe the first couple of months because it's undetectable to me. I mean, it's like no wonder this guy is uh not ranking but you know the the clients i deal with the only thing that they really understand is the phone's ringing i'm getting uh requests for quotes which is basically like orders uh we're getting people you know and i ask them and they said i found you on google so uh, that tells me that's what they understand if those things happen then you're good they're gonna love you so (laughs) Well, let's talk about the science a little bit. If we, what is, if we take the magical way yeah. and, and look at, and it's a lot of factors. I mean, yeah. Google's a big organization, but what are like the five or 10 or so components that make up SEO? So I would say the, the number one component is, uh, say somebody is, you know, searching for, uh, how do I start like a, uh, how do I start like an LMS course or how do I, how do I get a course online? Whatever's going to come up, uh, what's going to be at the top is what's going to answer that question in the most thorough, uh, in the, the most detail, generally speaking. So the content on the page is always going to be the most important factor. Uh, because the thing of it is, is, is Google tracks, you know, do people go back and search again after they've conducted a, you know, a search for whatever term they're searching for and they click on uh, a result and they go to that page? Do they go back and search again? Uh, and they even look at things like, you know, how far down the, you know, how much of the page you're scrolling down. Um, are you going to other pages in the site? And they use kind of the, those things to determine, you know, are people really satisfied with this answer? Another thing I would say, and this leads into the second thing, that probably the second most important thing besides the, just the sheer content on the page is uh, how many people are like linking uh, to that page and, and what type of people are linking to that page. If people are linking to that page in the context of, I had this question, this page answered it, uh, then Google's going to take that as validation that, that should probably rank higher than, you know, something else that nobody is linking to. So, I mean, content and links by far are the two things that are going to have the most direct impact. Uh, And I would say probably like number three would be uh, the overall experience of the page. If you have two sites that are equal in content and links and one uh, is mobile friendly and loads fast and, you know, just kind of is legible and uh, has a nice design, and you have another one that looks like it was made in 1998, 
the site that's more uh, appealing to people and has a better overall experience is going to rank a little bit higher. Uh, there's a ton of other factors that, that all go into that, and I think a lot of people obsess over some of these smaller details, uh, like schema markup, like site speed, which is important, um, you know, all these other things, uh, and there's a billion of those to, to, to look at. And sometimes those can have a big influence, too. If, you, if your site has a bunch of technical errors and 404s, uh, and you know links that don't work and things like that. If you clean them all up, that can help too. But SEO is really about incremental progress. It's about taking all the factors that you can influence and improve and improving them and making them better as compared to like all the other competition out there. That's fantastic. And one of the challenges with SEO is that I think sometimes business owners, so I'm asking you as an SEO consultant, yeah. they have this idea that they just need to sprinkle some SEO or throw some money at some SEO, almost as if they need to game these things. They need to game the content. They need to game their link strategy. They need to somehow influence the experience, but especially backlinks and, you know, like keywords on content, uh, and I think that's what kind of gives the industry a little bit of a, a bad name because sometimes uh, some SEO people, like back in the day, everybody's always trying to cheat Google or not everybody, but there are people like, so you could, in the early days of the internet, I remember it. If you wanted to rank a page for a certain keyword phrase, like at the very bottom of the page, you would see that, that those words repeated like a hundred times, didn't matter, wasn't hiding clearly gaming the system. And over time, Google gets smarter and smarter and smarter because they, they don't want people who are gaming their SEO to rank. They want people that are actually have legitimate content, legitimate link profiles, legitimate user experience. But uh, <clears throat> how, do you, how do you manage the expectations of a client when they, they're kind of in the like gaming strategy or the gaming mindset? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, there's definitely people that I've talked to before and maybe even like some business owners, it's like uh, that might have built, maybe they used to program like back in the day or they built their own site or they've dabbled in SEO and they've done some of those, what we call like black hat techniques or like bad guy techniques uh, where you're, you know, cloaking text and you're, uh, maybe you've got like some, you know, uh, SEO software where you're building out uh, private blog networks. We've seen that. Um, those sorts of things can work in short term, but as soon as Google sees it, your site can actually get penalized. So if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. And that's yes. what it, that's the saying in the SEO industry. There's white hat, gray hat, and black hat. So you want a white hat, consultant or service provider like John, who's going to do it the legitimate way. And then the gray hat is where it's like, I'm not sure if this is a good or bad, or maybe right now it's good, but it's probably going to end up being bad. You probably don't want to go there. Yeah. Um, it's about risk mitigation for sure. Yeah. And you also mentioned incremental. Uh, it's like an incremental process. It's not like a massive event, right? So what's, what's incremental about, you know, improving SEO? So definitely um, a lot of the things that you're going to say, you're 
if you have a client, their site's not mobile friendly, it loads slow, it doesn't have any content, uh, you're not going to be able to do all those things in one day. You're just not going to be able to. Um, so what you really want is an SEO strategy or an SEO partner, right? Oh, for real. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so managing expectations, and you said this, like how do you manage expectations? Um, the one thing that I tell everybody is, uh, you know, let I would love for you to commit to six months. I don't tell, I don't lock people into a contract. I don't say you have to do six months at least, but generally speaking, that's where you're going to see results. Maybe it comes a little quicker sometimes, uh, depending on how fierce your competition is, because every keyword is different competition. Some are going to be easy to win. Some are going to be really hard. So you just tell them straight up, you know, expect about a six month time frame. If, if you don't see results, you know, then, you know, cool. But Generally speaking, if your SEO knows what they're doing, you're going to see something happen positive in that time frame, and you're going to be able to measure it and say, like, traffic went up uh, from Google search. And that's the thing, too. Like, always be measuring. Have people show you, like, what's actually happening. So... Yeah, and it's... I mean, it's a science, but it's also an art. I think it's important to, uh, you know, cut your SEO professional some room to like work some different angles but like you said make it measurable make sure we let's look at the before and after on the google analytics let's make your uh your inbound lead process whether that's the phone or, or email or whatever asking how did you hear about us because if they're like oh i just googled you that's a good sign the seo is yeah it is that's something that I like to track personally. Uh, a little tool that I use in Google is say, you, you can block off like a time frame, say like the last two months, and then just look at the channel where it's Google organic. Uh, so that would just be search, and then compare it to the exact same time frame uh, previous to that. So it's apples to apples, and you can see traffic went up or it went down. So it's black and white. Yeah. And I, I would just encourage anybody listening to this that you get out of the mindset that the goal of SEO is in any way to game or manipulate the system. The goal of business is to have a compelling offer. And then Google's job is to help people looking for what you offer find you. That's It's really as simple as that. And that includes having relevant content on your site, talking about it in the correct words that your customers are actually searching for. And then making it so good that other, you know, websites and people are, are linking to it and people are talking about it in social media. It's not like a manipulation thing. It's just making sure your offer is plainly visible and that people can find it. Yeah, most definitely. And, and to speak to that, too, I would say that uh, where a lot of like sites fail is they just have sales pages and they don't have the educational or informational pages. You have to have both types if you're going to have a successful type of thing. That goes for e-commerce. It goes for course creation, anything like that. You got to have both types of, of content. Well, one of the things uh, that you specialize in is the intersection of the website and SEO. So, like, tell us about your service. How does, it, how does the SEO and the website work together? So for those that don't know, like my background, I mean, I cut my teeth like building 
um, WordPress sites, uh, you know, working with a lot of design agencies uh, as, as an outsource partner. Um, but I was always like dabbling with SEO uh, or, you know, doing SEO for like friends and stuff like that. So how SEO really works together with the website is uh, it's, it's kind of baked into it. Um, you can have like a pretty design, but if you don't have content and you don't have a strategy for getting traffic to your site through links that are on sites that are related to yours, that's going to drive traffic, that's interested in what you have to offer, uh, then you're probably not going to rank above your competition. And likewise, the project SEO and digital marketing in general doesn't end at the site launch. And this is where a lot of people get it wrong is, uh, and I see this as well. A lot of agencies, they're kind of like they launch a site and it's kind of it. They're not measuring like what's happening. They're not looking at Google analytics. They're not uh, installing something like crazy egg uh, to, to look and see where people are clicking, where people are scrolling to, because that's going to give you a ton of information and it's going to tell you if your design was good or if something needs to change or be uh, adapted, but those sorts of things uh, are very much intersected with it's, you know, it's, and like you said, it's not about gaming the system to try and trick Google into thinking you're the best. It's about actually being the best. Could you explain page rank for the uninitiated? What is PR or page rank? Right. From, from an SEO perspective. <laughs> so PageRank is something uh, that was named for, for Larry Page, and it was basically, um, they say they don't use it. Um, th there used to be tools that would kind of track it. Uh, they don't, um, they use it internally still, no matter what they say. Um, but basically, it measures the flow of authority uh, from one website page to another. So say if you had a site like... Uh, uh, timemagazine.com or entrepreneur.com that's got uh, a lot of sites linking into it like probably thousands if not millions of sites linking into it so if a site on that page or a page on that site it should say links out to your site the page that's linking out has a certain page rank uh, based on you know those authority signals and the whole idea is there used to be this thing called link juice. Uh, some people don't like that term. You can call it link authority or whatever, uh, whatever you want. But basically the idea is uh, if a page that has uh, a lot of links pointing into it that's on an authoritative site links to your a page on your site, then your site, that page on your site is going to benefit from that. And uh, th that's a lot of links are still like a huge part of, of SEO. And I know there's, uh, there's kind of a mini movement in SEO to, to not look at it that way. Links always will be part of it. Um, they, there's no other way uh, to, you know, disqualify them. I mean, it is a measure of, of how authoritative, like, Google thinks your site is. If you have a bunch of authority sites and pages and specifically pages, like linking to a page on your site, that's gonna, it's gonna rank higher than, than something that doesn't because 
it basically calculates a score. Uh, their algorithm uses a lot of like fancy math to to basically say this should rank higher. So, so for the course creator out there, if you're as an example, you train people on how to use the kettlebell for fitness. If uh, the most popular kettlebell person on the internet, like Pavel Satsulin, who brought the kettlebell from Russia to the United States and popularized it, if on his website he links to your website or your new kettlebell course, mm -hmm. it's coming from an authority position. So it's not, it's, it's great to create content on your site, but as an SEO strategy, you know, building relationships with other authorities or whatever is, is helpful as another strategy. Um, oh, I just want to throw that out there as an example. Yeah. Um, if somebody wanted to just work on their SEO on their own, I'm going to give one tip and then I'll turn it over to you. Yeah. And if I was just going to give like my best recommendation and you may agree or have something else, uh, especially for a course creator or a membership site person where so much of the content is really locked down and behind um, a login and not getting great SEO value because it's hidden, um, is to have a content strategy for free, completely open content, whether that's um, a podcast on your site or a blog. So content marketing. You can't if you want just that Google juice or whatever, like if you want Google, uh, if you want people to find you, you got to make it easy for them to find you because they can't necessarily see what's inside your members area yet. So that's my one tip. What would you give? No, it's absolutely something that I would agree with. If you look at, you know, people who, who do selling like courses, somebody like Ramit Sethi of I Will Teach You To Be Rich, or even Marie Forleo, she has her school that she do for the rest give away a bunch of free content that's as good or better than anything else that you're going to buy. Um, it, it's kind of like the product ladder. You have like this free tier of content that promotes you and builds your brand uh, and associates your name with whatever it is that you're, you're selling, whether it's, you know, whatever your course is about. Um, and then people get hooked into that and they begin to, to trust you and they become addicted to you. Uh, then maybe they buy like an ebook or, you know, and then they level up to like a course and then maybe it goes to like a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, but it very much starts with free content uh, that you have to produce because here's the thing. The market is very, very saturated uh, for most things and people only buy from people that they know, like, and trust. And first they have to know you. You're going to do that through free content. Then they're going to, you know, take your uh, free tips and implement them and see that it helps them. So they'll trust you. Uh, so then they feel like, okay, I can buy stuff from this person. Because if you don't do that, there's nothing to separate you from the other 20 bajillion people selling what you sell. In our pre-chat, we were talking about the concept of traction, and I think we're getting into it. Yeah. But like with Lifter LMS, for example, it helps you build a course. You can build coaching uh, offer on there. You can build membership. You can build a community offer on there. How do these types of creators building these types of things get traction? Well, the first thing I would say is, you know, be in tune with what people are actually searching for 
and then have some sort of, uh, you know, content strategy for reaching them. I think this is what I'm seeing a lot of people uh, fall short with right now is they're not doing a keyword strategy for, you know, what people, how people are searching for a term. Um, so knowing like how people are searching for something will help you create content that uses those types of phrases and addresses that need. Then you're going to attract the, the people that would be interested in your paid offering. Um, so that's, you know, step one, just, you know, knowing how people search for something, you could use a tool like KW finder. It'll give you, um, basically the, the monthly search volumes for different terms. I use Ahrefs as well to just kind of give me like volumes of, of how people are searching for things because how you think uh, you would want to phrase, you know, put the title and the H1 and the, you know, different way that you're describing uh, your content might not be how people are searching for it at all, but you have to be really crystal clear uh, in what's on your page don't make it ambiguous so that's really good and even just to show you this is exactly what we're doing right now we're giving away free content and i was just writing down the title for this show is probably going to be something like seo for course builders membership site entrepreneurs and online coaches with john Locke. so these are you know when someone goes to google and they type in SEO for membership sites, that's what I'm trying to get. And I'm trying to give them free content, mm -hmm. results in advance before they go check out Lifter, go hire John for SEO. Um, we're, we're just doing it. I mean, we're, we're adding value in advance of the sale. And um, this is a podcast. You've, you're probably listening to this in your car, at the gym, uh, while you're exercising or whatever, doing the dishes. But I also put this on YouTube. I also have it transcribed. So SEO for membership sites will be in the transcript now two times. I've said it twice. I've probably said it more. That's going to go on the podcast website. And that's just part of the strategy. And I'm not trying to game the system. I just know what the, uh, you know, the best practices are that John has been talking about. And I do ask my customers at Lifter LMS, how'd you hear about us? The number one answer is either I heard you on a podcast or I saw you on a YouTube video. Um, I wanna talk about SEO and YouTube with you. We just had Matt Medeiros on the podcast, talked about YouTube. But before we get into that, is there anything you wanted to add to uh, what I just said before we look at YouTube specifically? Uh, just it's important to be building your brand at all times. Uh, I mean, that's going to be the lead in to, to any sales that you have is, is building uh, brand affinity. Your name is associated with a certain thing. Like when I think about um, Chris Badgett or Lifter LMS, I know that that is the top, you know, uh, course creation uh, plugin. And it's just you've associated yourself with that. Uh, phrase. So I, before, and I just want to add four years ago, yeah. I was like, what's our number one keyword phrase? Like WordPress LMS. That's it. So that like early content was really focused on that phrase. So, and that was, that was a strategy that started four years ago. <laughs> so yeah, it takes time. It really does. Cool. Well, let's, let's talk about YouTube a little bit specifically. Um, 
how does SEO and website uh, dance with YouTube? Like, what's 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 the magic there? Well, it's it's pretty simple. Like, Google owns YouTube, and Google and YouTube are the, the basically the top two search engines uh, on the internet. Uh, YouTube is very addicting. I mean, YouTube is is a very mature platform. I mean, they're creating their own stars. I mean, they're creating their own shows. It's it's very uh, it's it's like its own type of of animal that you have to to understand how it works. I mean, people uh, really get hooked into the personalities, uh, and I would think of your YouTube channel as almost like a show. Uh, if you can like schedule it to where like episodes always drop on the same day and time that's probably good uh but the seo benefit of youtube is you're getting cross-pollination like if you have a blog post that says you know everything we're saying here and then you have a youtube video as well you're gonna have two chances to rank because you'll notice in google results that youtube videos often show up very high uh, for certain search terms if they feel that it's, you know, answering that question. Uh, so definitely it's something to uh, do. I, I think it's a great strategy and anybody who's serious about, uh, you know, building a brand and, and having, <coughs> you know, as much SEO coverage as possible should, you know, not only have written content, but, you know, YouTube content as well. And just to highlight something that you just said, YouTube is not just social media. I think this is a big insight for some people that, um, first of all, it's portable. It's you take your YouTube video and you can put it on Facebook. You can put it on LinkedIn. You can tweet about it. It can go on your website. It can go on other people's websites. It's very portable. You don't take a Facebook post and then put that on LinkedIn or take a LinkedIn post and put that on Twitter. YouTube is extremely portable. But from the SEO perspective, I, I think it's an insight to get this if you haven't really thought about this already, that YouTube is a search engine. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's even subtle, since Google owns both, that the results, you don't even have to be searching on YouTube. You can just be searching the Google box or Google Chrome, and the YouTube videos are mixed in the results. People want video. Uh, and Google is always you know, intermixing videos within the search results. So it's a huge opportunity for, you know, ranking there. I'm going to give everybody a tip for YouTube right here. If you're making videos on your YouTube channel, uh, always use your uh, brand name as one of the tags. And I'll tell you why. Uh, when you're watching YouTube and that right column comes up with all the suggested videos, it looks at, you know, what's in the title and what's in the tags for like other and your search history or your viewing history, I should say, like on YouTube to, to suggest what's in there. But if all of your videos have a, a, a common tag, like say your brand name, um, it's more likely that when people happen to be watching one of your videos, they're going to see like more of your videos in there because they're going to share that common tag, which is your brand name. So. And speaking of it, uh, YouTube being addicting, uh, I, I don't know, maybe it was a year or two ago when YouTube started auto-playing a video after the first one finished, and what used to be like a, a three-minute three experience, <laughs> all of a sudden you're like five videos deep, and you're like, whoa, how'd that happen? Um, it, it, YouTube is eating the internet. Video is eating the internet, and even live video, that's, that's you know something that's really emerging right now. 
But just to bring it back to SEO, uh, let's talk a little bit about results that people can get if they do it well. And I'm going to share a story and then hand it over to you for a story. Um, When I first started building WordPress websites for clients, and I was living in Montana at the time, and I, I built a website. This is in the early days. I wasn't charging that much for it. And I included an SEO service like in the package that I was offering. And it was for a uh, struggling mold remediation company. And then like several years later, and I just did, I wasn't an SEO genius. I just knew the basics like we've talked about here. Uh, I created some good, I even wrote like keyword rich articles that were uh, informative and helpful, not just like random. They were good. I advised the business owner to do a couple things on YouTube uh, and, you know, with Facebook and, and stuff like that. But mostly I just created the website and the website content for, with SEO in mind. And then several years later, I looked back and I was seeing pictures on social media and I was seeing a, a decent amount of success And I was talking to him about all this traffic they were getting from all over the state and they were expanding. And uh, a lot of that traced back to a very small niche uh, in a a part of the, you know, the country where nobody was doing SEO or uh, like there wasn't like an internet celebrity for mold in that part of the world, but we, we made one (laughs) and uh so basically it took like a business that was doing okay and did great. A lot of that has to do with them doing great work and providing good service and getting referrals, but getting those leads in the door, getting that phone to ring. Um, I had a, I had a part in that and um, I don't know. So that's, that's just an example story of a result that somebody who hires somebody who does SEO slash website can pull, pull off. Um, what are some of your success stories with SEO? Yeah, so definitely uh, one of my earliest successes uh, is for my friend Brandon, like here, uh, he used to work at a uh, auto shop here locally. He branched, branched off, did his own. I basically didn't do a whole lot. I just made him a modern looking site that was mobile friendly, uh, made sure to include the, you know, the keywords like where they needed to be, like on the pages. Uh, and he you know, set it up to where he can uh, put like photos of of what he's doing on there. And he's getting inquiries, not only from, you know, here in Sacramento, but, you know, Reno, San Francisco, all over the place, because he ranks for those as well. Uh, And another one is like recently, uh, there's a client that I've been working with uh, not that long ago. He launched his business in 2015. He's an industrial supplier. And uh, he called me up in October. Uh, It's March now. Before, he wasn't ranking uh, for any of his stuff in the top 10. I think he had like one keyword, like maybe on page six. Uh, So we're tracking about 200 keywords now. uh, And he's ranking for like 170 of those on page one or two at this point right now. And now, you know, we're trying to uh, take on all the people who had like a 10 or 20 year head start uh, on the internet. And where it helps his bottom line is instead of having to go, and this is what in 
you know, what I do, like with the industrial people, a lot of what they'll do is it's either referral word of mouth or they go and build like a distributor network. Um, but by having people getting the leads directly and the request for quotes directly through them, it saves them uh, money of, of having to go through the network or uh, having to, you know, uh, pay other people for leads. And so his traffic is doubling basically uh, every six weeks or so. Uh, he's getting more and more like inquiries in and we've accomplished more in six months than uh, his distributor network did in the previous like year and a half. So Amazing. That's a, that's a great success story. So for you, the online course creator, the membership site owner out there, John says the same thing I do. The website launch is not the finish line. It's the starting line. <clears throat> um, I'm I, I usually reference that in terms of your course content and making sure you keep improving your course and, and keep improving completion rates and the results your students are getting. And John's talking about that in terms of an SEO strategy and building influence and getting that phone to ring. John, thank you so much for coming on the show. How else can the good people of the internet get in touch with you? You can find me on my website, which is Lockdown Design. I'm pretty much Lockdown Design everywhere. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Lockdown underscore, though. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show and sharing your SEO wisdom with us today. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's been a pleasure.